my King, my Savior, guide me through the night. Bless me with your darkness. Give me with your flight. Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we are talking about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 3, The Man in Black. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I'm joined, as always, by Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. This episode was absolutely wild, and I can't wait to break it down. At what point are the episodes not going to be absolutely wild? I don't know, but I'm just worried that eventually this is all going to just fall apart, and it will become very boring, and we will miss these days of all these ridiculous plot lines. Yeah, I am more and more excited about winter break and when we can maybe start looking back at season one and some of the the good old days. I was talking to a couple people today about how they are waiting until the show comes out on streaming services to watch season three, but they would love for us to talk about season one, so one or two, so maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get into that. Well, I mean, first of all, they should just move to Canada because it's already on Netflix. Um, second of all, that yeah. It's just so unfair. <laughs> it's, well, it's because we don't have the CW. That's what's unfair. Okay? Um, You're not missing much. But yeah, no, I've been trying to convince more and more people to watch Riverdale uh, just so they can listen to us. I was talking to a friend today. I gave them just like a brief Cliff Notes version of what happened this episode, and they said, wow, I need to watch Riverdale. So we are just spreading the good word. And the most bizarre part for me is the fact that this podcast was created by my sister and myself, and she can't even listen to it because she's still back on season one. So don't even, don't even get that. That's why I brought you in, you know. I feel like a real interloper. Like, I've (laughs) taken your sister's space in podcasting. When do I have to change my last name to Kwiatkowski? Oh, whenever you want. You can be, there's a whole ceremony, and you get a special t-shirt. I can't wait. (laughs) So this episode did a great job for us. We've been complaining for weeks about how all over the place it is. This time, nope. Three stories, boom, 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 one after another, no going back and forth. I, it was like, it was like three whole little, little things themselves. It reminded me of, I think there was an episode in season two, maybe, that was structured the same way. I don't remember the name of the episode, but it was like they did they did the Jughead and Archie stuff, and then they did, maybe it was Betty and Veronica, and then two other people. I It's so bad, I don't even remember who the two other people could have possibly been. Yeah, it feels like maybe there was like some cheerleading, and then maybe like some stuff with Betty's wig, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds about right. That just sounds like season two, doesn't it? <laughs> oh. You know, I gotta admit, I'm excited to go back to the first two seasons, but I am not excited for Chick. It's just the one real big damper on the the early episodes for me. I'm just worried that we're gonna go back and I'm gonna realize all this stuff that I never noticed before because I don't pay that much attention. And I'm gonna realize that this show is absolutely ludicrous in so many more ways than I thought. And I just, I worry for my own sanity when that happens. <laughs> I mean, it's very possible that you could have that feeling, but I I think the way to look at Riverdale is just accept that it was always weird. It might be weirder now in some ways, but it's, uh, it's always been a little bit odd. Maybe we should have all just been reading those Archie comics instead of watching this show. Nah, that sounds boring. (laughs) No, I like TV better. Who reads? So this episode, oh my gosh, drum roll. 
we get a Jughead voiceover, which we haven't had for a while. And I immediately noticed it, and I thought, Mary is going to be thrilled. We've missed this. Um, I was absolutely dying because Jughead is walking around just taking pictures. They're <laughs> they're on the run. You were right. His He had his fancy little camera case. And I didn't look that closely, so I don't know if it's actually a digital camera or a film camera, but I got the impression that was a film camera. And I'm like, Jughead, where and when are you going to develop those photos? Like, you're on the run. I like to believe that just somewhere in Tent City, maybe like down back behind the uh, the trailer, Jughead had a little a little dark room where he was developing his pictures, and he seems like the kind of person who would have a Polaroid camera, you know, just for fun, and like hang them up on little clips around his room. Does he even have a room? I mean, he's on the run now, but when he was back in the trailer, I could never figure out whose the bedroom was, because I got the feeling there was one bedroom. Uh, well, first of all, I'm pretty sure the only people who put Polaroids on little clothespins are 15-year-old girls, so I don't think that's Jughead. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the trailer just has one bedroom, and when FP is not around, it is Jughead's bedroom, and when FP is around, Jughead sleeps on the couch. Like, isn't right. that why he had to sleep at the drive-in movie theater? Because he didn't have anywhere else to sleep? I'm pretty sure he had to do that because his dad was an alcoholic. But Did I we ever get, like, a re- resolution to FP's drinking? Okay. We can stop here and just mention this. We never got a resolution to anything FP-related. Anything. Like, I wasn't even super convinced that when he got released from prison that he was, like, released, released. It seemed more like he was on parole or whatever. And then, and then like, the whole Alice stuff. And most importantly, most importantly... Does he have a job? I'm not letting this go. This is the hill I'm going to die on. I, You know what? I don't even care. I was wasting too much time worrying about all the Riverdale dads. No, I'm just worried about FP right now. Because, here's why. Because the show wrote in a job he could have. And then they took it away. The whole climax to the final episode of season two was that he got kicked out of Pops because Hiram was in charge. And then... And then Veronica buys Pops and is like, oh, I'll get your dad a job back. And then just nothing. Nothing. Like, Skeet's there. He's around. Um, I'm going to tell you something that you told me a few weeks ago, okay? <laughs> you gotta get over it. <laughs> you just gotta. <laughs> I don't think I should have to, though. I don't All know. Right. Maybe he's like a day trader now or something. No, he's doing nothing. He's doing absolutely nothing. This show has become too overrun with teenagers. I mean, let's face it. The reason why he doesn't have that job is because Reggie and Veronica have a thing going on. And they just want them to be together. And they would think it would be weird to have illegal casino nights with underage kids if there's, like, an adult figure present. Because it's totally normal otherwise. Right. I mean, it's the CW, so... Anyways, okay, so Jughead and his camera, we don't know where he's developing these pictures. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they've walked very far when they come across this idyllic farm. No, but he says we've, it's his two young men have been walking for days. Days? Days? Okay. That was just dramatic effect. (laughs) Let's just pretend that they have been walking for days, though. I mean, they've what? Max days sounds like two to three days. So, like, max they've gone 60, 80 miles. You know, I mean, you can't walk that far in a day. Yeah, I mean, no. You could run that far, but... 
um, Jughead can't run anywhere because he has the most impractical bag of all bags. Like last week you said it was a rucksack and I was like, yeah, sure. Jughead had a rucksack. That is not a rucksack. Oh, that that's what I picture to be a rucksack. No. What's a rucksack? A rucksack is like a big backpack with like a metal structure to it. It's what army guys carry around and it definitely has two straps and is functional. It's heavy. Like the bag itself is really heavy. Um... He just this has is a blowing sack. my mind because I had my image of rucksack based off of <laughs> Harry Potter, where I could have sworn it was like a giant duffel bag, but like that you just throw over one shoulder. What am I talking about then? What is the thing that Jughead has? I think it might just be called a sack, to be completely honest with you, because it's well, just, just going to look that garbage. Up. Like, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just Googled sack <laughs> and everything that comes up are like the cartoon images of like money bags <laughs> like i didn't okay i'm surprised you know honestly i'm just i'm so surprised jughead's not carrying his belongings around in a handkerchief tied to a stick like a hobo in a cartoon like i mean he should what yeah what he's carrying looks like a giant <laughs> it looks like a giant bag that you would have like a sleeping bag in or like a yes. blow up mattress yes it is not a practical bag for carrying anything any length like at least Archie has like a little backpack it's true I was not even concentrating on what Ar- Archie had with him yeah he just has like a normal backpack um but Jughead is just carrying around this bag and it's bigger than he is like there's they've probably walked 15 miles in three days like there's no they're probably still in Riverdale Probably. Like, well, let's let's get to all of that location-wise because there's a lot of issues and a lot of inconsistencies in this episode with, like, how far away are they and, like, how small of a town is this place? How small of a town was Riverdale? Hard to tell. But let's get to what I'm sure everyone who is a CW fan is thinking about. This is the Kent Smallville Farm. Like, confirmed, it's the Smallville Farm. There's they got the yellow house and they've got the silo and they've got the big red barn and the tractor. It's the it's the Kent farm. Once again, I have to disappoint you and tell you I haven't watched Smallville, which I'm sure I've done before. But uh, I did Google it when you brought this up and you're correct. It is absolutely the same farm. Yes, it is the same farm, which is also why I think it's pretty clear the reason that there are, like, three scenes of them eating food outdoors when there's a perfectly good house ten feet away is because either they someone lives there in real life and they didn't get the, you know, ability to film inside there, or they know if they went inside there, it would be even more proof that it's, like, literally from one of their other shows. I mean, I realize Smallville ended in, like, 2010, so it's probably time to use that again, but it, it, it really took me out of, of this episode, honestly. Well, you're forgetting they couldn't go into the house because the two creepy girls said, stay out of the house. You can sleep in the barn. Yes. And for all of you Smallville fans, the barn, they were sleeping upstairs in the loft, which I was really hoping that we would see like a little a little Easter egg of of uh, Clark's telescope that he used to spy on Lana Lang with. It would have been so cute. That does not sound cute. It's actually really, really stalkery. That's so creepy. Um, yeah, it's really great. Um, the other thing that's great about this episode that reminds me of Smallville is the girl's name. There are two girls here. One is named Gracie, and she appears to be a little younger. And then the older sister's name is Lori Lake. 
And Smallville slash the Superman universe is known for having double L names like Lana Lang, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, Lionel Luthor. So the double L in Lori Lake, I think that was also a little a little hint hint at a hint at their other franchise. Uh sure. And also naturally the younger sister is the one wielding a giant rifle because that makes sense. It reminded me of Zombieland. Like, I don't know if that's actually a scene that was in Zombieland, but that's the that's the mental image I got. Also, there were so many truth bombs that Jughead was throwing out in this episode. Because um, he, we skipped over this, but at the beginning when they're on the road, he does finally call Betty, which presumably he's been doing multiple times. But like I said, I was really upset with the heartfelt breakup between random lovers Archie and Veronica and then the zero breakup between Jughead and Betty. Well, Jughead's been trying to call Betty. Yeah, well, he's not trying hard enough. He should realize by now that if she's not picking up the phone, there's something wrong. He should. They've been together long enough to know that, but he doesn't seem worried about her at all, which I'm kind of annoyed with. But I really loved the truth bombs he was dropping when Archie's like, oh, you can leave. I'll be fine. And he's like, um, Betty took down a serial killer last year. No offense, but you can't go five minutes without getting kidnapped or getting the crap kicked out of you. Which all in all, while Archie and Betty are definitely not like in great spots here safe wise and Jughead can only protect one of them, I do think he's making the right choice. Like... Betty, I'm, I think, will be fine. She doesn't need someone to rescue her. Yes. And I really like to – he's like, we both threatened Hiram Lodge, and he will not rest until we're both dead. So we got to go. I'm like, at least Jughead. Like, Archie, like, threatens Hiram and then just kicks around, runs for class president, gets arrested at school, goes to jail, joins a fight club, almost dies. Jughead's like, cool, I threatened him one time. We're, we got to go. Like, this is not happening. Well, Jughead has his priorities. Although, to be fair, Jughead has just witnessed Archie do all this. Why did he threaten Hiram? He should have just not threatened him. He knew what was going to happen immediately after this. Well, you know, you have a very good point there. (laughs) Sorry, we're reading too much into this. Let's just, you know, move along. (laughs) Whatever. Let's look at more realistic things, like little girls with shotguns. And uh, they lie after two seconds. And the older sister's like, yeah, shoot him, Gracie. What? Shoot him? I mean, I get it that it's like small town, whatever, backwoods farm. But like, it's still murder. Um, no, it, when you're shooting a trespasser, you can immediately just kill them. That's how that works. Okay. Well, glad that we cleared that yeah, up. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, how do you like the names Cal and Biff? Um, well, Biff is the one of the sons from Death of a Salesman. Is Cal the other son from Death of a Salesman? <laughs> I don't know. Because I know, I'm not sure. I, I meant to Google it and then I, I didn't. But I know that Biff is one of the sons from Death of a Salesman. I just really, really like that at first I was like, Cal and Biff, those are, you couldn't have picked two more like conspicuous, obviously fake names. And then I realized that assuming these people didn't know who they were, if they had walked in being like, yeah, that's Archie and I'm Jughead, I would have assumed those were fake names too. I need to interrupt you to state I've Googled Death of a Salesman and the other son's name is Happy, so I don't know why I was like, oh, maybe it's Cal. Because <laughs> they're all ridiculous. I mean, Cal is not super uncommon, and I assume people 
are named Biff. I don't know. The only person I've ever heard named Biff is from uh, Back to the Future, so. Honestly. I assume you haven't seen that either. I've definitely seen Back to the Future and also the second one. Back to the Future Part 2. I have no idea. I've never seen. I've only seen Back to the Future 1 and I don't remember. I've seen the first scene of the third one. There are three? Uh, The third one has like a Wild West element to it and that's all that I know. You know, the only kind of Wild West that I like is the Wild Wild West. I thought you were going to say the only wild, the only West I like is this farm in Riverdale. I thought you were going to try and get us back on track. Well, speaking of that, so the episode title, The Man in Black, this week, I did some research into trying to figure out what it is. Um, it There's not a definitive answer, according to my Wikipedia-ing. The Man in Black may refer to many different things, including Johnny Cash, uh, an album by Johnny Cash, a... Uh, a, a a rockumentary? What is this? I know, an autobiography about Johnny Cash. <laughs> Which, okay, I believe it's not any of those options. <laughs> I think it's probably either the Western novel from 1965 or this movie from 1949, which says, After the death of her yogi father during a freak yoga accident, Joan Clavering returns home to her widowed and suddenly very wealthy stepmother, Bertha. The latter conspires with her daughter, Janice, to drive Joan insane and deprive her of her rightful inheritance. Yeah, that's probably it. I want to know who comes up with these episode titles. Is it their entire job to just consume media trying to come up with a funny slash relevant title for these episodes? And if so, how do I get that job? I'm just really sad that there hasn't been any episodes called Jingle Jangle yet. What about Fizzle Rocks? Or Fizzle Rocks. Um, but the whole time, I don't know about you, the whole time during this episode, every time they mentioned the Man in Black, all I could think of was either Westworld or The Princess Bride. So. All I could think of was Johnny Cash. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I did not know Johnny Cash was known as the Man in Black, but let's go with that. I don't know much about Johnny Cash. Does he do Ring of Fire? Not sure. Yes. Okay. Well, I like that song. I like that he's... He's not exactly a singer. He's more like chanting. I feel like that's very much in my skill set. Uh, I am not teaching. I'm not dropping any fun facts on Johnny Cash, so we can just move along. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but yes, anyway, so they uh, lie about their names. They're about to get shot. And then why do they not end up getting shot? I think it's because Archie is just like, all we want is some food and water and then we can leave. And oh, the girls, yeah. I guess, are like, well, they are hot. So, I mean, I, that's all I can assume is the answer. Cause they, they don't they don't say anything different. I guess uh, if you ever have to lie to someone about your identity, just follow up with, please, we just want some food and water. We've been walking for days and you'll you'll be saved. They won't kill you. And they look pretty they look pretty fresh for having been walking for days. I've got to admit. I don't think that Archie's white t-shirt looked too fresh. Oh, I wasn't looking at his t-shirt. Let's be honest. I'm only looking at Cole Sprouse in these situations. You know, there's just something about 20-year-olds that I feel uncomfortable looking at, so I'm just going to move away from KJ Appa. How old's Cole Sprouse? I think he's like 26. Something like that. I'm the same age as Cole Sprouse? Yeah, I think so. 
Oh, it feels. He might be twenty five. I have no idea. I don't even know how old I am. Like I just had a birthday. You're twenty five. I don't think I am. I think I thought I was twenty four all year. I think I just turned twenty four. What year were you really, born in? It's a really big letdown. Nineteen ninety four. So yeah. So you. T- <laughs> so yeah. So I just turned twenty four. That's really sad. Like I literally thought I was twenty four all year. And I keep thinking I'm twenty five. I'm not. I'm baby. Crying. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is not the uh, laughing at Mary hour. <clears throat> so, uh, Gracie and Lori, they're, Lori, I don't even remember her name. Let's go with that. Their father and brothers went d- down to a job by the river, uh, the River Dale, perhaps? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> probably um jughead is nervous about the barn he says something about this place weirds me out yeah it's because it's from smallville there was a lot of weird stuff happening around that time there are probably some meteor rocks buried still around there and uh the next morning archie moves some bales of hay shirtless so that about wraps that up yeah um they get, they eat some stew the stew looked good i mean i i'm partial to stew so. See, I was going to say, she's she's like, how do you boys feel about stew? And I was like, does anybody have strong feelings? I mean, if you had to give a type of soup to Riverdale season three. I'd be, I would pick a, I'd pick a bowl of cereal. I'd pick a bowl of cereal. <laughs> I maintain like, that that is a soup and it's the only thing zany enough to uh, capture this. Well, here's a real question of how zany you are. Do you put milk in cereal? Of course. Oh, hey, you say of course. Some people use water. Wait, Kate, use is that juice. real? Because I fully had someone convinced that Canadians eat their cereal with water a little while ago. Oh, no, that's a real <laughs> thing. I mean, I've never heard it be, like, attributed to Canadians, but I do know that, I mean, it's probably only, like, you know, 10% or less of the population, but there's a chunk of people who definitely eat cereal with water. I didn't realize that was real. But we were watching something, and there was a guy who said was drinking, like, the milk at the bottom of a cereal bowl, and he was like, ooh, sugar water. And we were like, is he eating his cereal with, with water? And I was like, yeah, what else would you put in it? Everyone eats cereal with water. You know, this has brought up yet another really fun sidetrack. So when we were young, we used to drink – we had, like, we would take wine glasses, and we would put sugar water in them. Just water with, like, a spoonful of sugar. Um, not like hot water, just like cold water. And then so the sugar didn't really exactly dissolve. And then we would just drink those and be all fancy. See, I did that, but just n- not with like a wine glass, just like a oh. cup. Yeah. Well, sometimes we put like maybe one drop of either red or yellow food coloring in it. Because oh for whatever God. reason, we were convinced that white wine was like yellow. So you need a little bit of yellow food coloring. I mean, white wine is a little yellow. I mean maybe like, maybe sometimes like but lightly i think if it's yellow i'm gonna assume it's more of like a cider so hmm. that's better hmm. anyways probably so anyway uh archie is moving bales of hay shirtless because i think that was a deal that they had struck up something about he's gonna help them out with manual labor and they could stay the night not really sure he feels at home with the barn and i'm thinking something about this just reminds me of like calypso I thought that was the path we were going down for whatever reason, that Archie was getting, like, sucked into the barn. Oh, yeah. You know? And that, like, Lori was, like, magical. You know, honestly, 
with the whole Gargoyle King stuff, I'd believe anything at this point. So that's just kind of where I thought we were going. Well, and I just spent the entire time upset because I really thought this episode was going to be at, like, the farm. Not at yeah. a How random farm. farms are around here? Well, I guess they live in a farming community, which makes sense in the Midwest, where Chicago is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Toledo, but we'll get to that next episode. Even though it's been exactly, what, 10 to 12 hours since they've been there, this girl, who was going to shoot him a couple hours ago, just goes ahead and mounts him, give him a big kiss. But before that, he's letting her shave his face with a straight razor. She was okay with you dying, and you're going to let her put a straight razor up to your face and neck? Archie, he's he's very trusting. He's not smart. And he rebounds fast. Okay, you know what? I gotta admit, I'm a little bit annoyed about the whole Archie kissing girls thing with, like, how am I supposed to care about your heartfelt breakup, which I didn't care about or believe in the first place, but now I especially don't believe it. Especially. See what I did there? Anyway, Kirsten was telling me I pronounced it wrong, so I'm working hard to fix that. No, I wasn't trying to be like, oh, you have to change. I was just making an observation. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then I realized that this is probably, this characteristic of Archie's is probably the most accurate thing for the comics of him being, like, a ladies' man and stuff. Well, and the other thing is, why does every girl want to make out with Archie? He's such a loser. Because he's insatiable. Don't say that to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and then he's just like, so they're, they're making out for a couple of seconds. And he's like, I can't do this right now. Why do people say that in TV shows or movies? Like the, he followed it up with, you know, I, I had this girl who I literally broke up with yesterday. I've got a I, girl I just back know. home. But like, why are they, why do they be so obscure? I, I can't do this right now. That implies like, oh, I, I can do this in a couple, couple minutes. But just I like, can later. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way Archie talks about Veronica at any point, like, even when he was breaking up with her and he's like, from the moment I met you, you were it for me. You're everything. And I'm like, mm, didn't you make out with Betty? It's a little, it's a little Anakin Skywalker. It's disgusting. And now he's like, I gotta, I gotta girl back home, but it's complicated because your dad's trying to murder me. Okay, Archie, Enough. What is- I also can't can't take him seriously this whole conversation because he has shaving cream on his face. So that's really fun. Kind of looks like he's just been pied and then not wiped it off all the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just instantly tells her his name, where he's from. And who's and trying acts- to kill him. Well, he acts like she wouldn't know who he was. Like, they've gone hundreds of miles. Like, I get it that Riverdale is a quote-unquote small town, but, like... If they've only walked, let's let's be generous and say it's been like four or five days and they've managed to walk a hundred miles, okay? So I feel like most places would have at least heard of the names of small towns, you know, within a hundred miles of where you live. It's not like this is the 1850s. Like you have the internet and also we just heard a couple episodes ago that he's an escaped murderer, I know that he's been, like, freed, but he was freed so recently, and they probably don't announce as publicly, like, oh, this guy, he's innocent, you know? They probably mostly just was like, hey, remember remember when we heard the news article or the newscast being like, 
Archie Andrews escaped murderer from Riverdale. Like, I'm sure she would have heard this. Yeah, no, there's absolutely no way that she didn't hear the statewide bulletin of Archie Andrews' manhunt, right? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And then why, like, the minute someone kisses Archie, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you all my secrets. Idiot. Because, well, yeah, he's he's a, he's just a little boy. Uh, he is so only 15. Him... <laughs> right, right. So then she makes him some eggs and he starts eating, like, without even waiting for her to sit down or join him. I don't know. And Kate, then she just and, hits. <laughs> sorry, with the eggs, when he's like, these are so good. I was like, what the fuck did she do to the eggs? Sorry for swearing. I was like, what is in these eggs? Is it magic? Is it a drug? Is he going to die? It's probably fizzle rocks. There were probably fizzle mm. rocks in the eggs. Probably. And then she hits it on the back of the head. Yeah, with a frying pan. So Tangled style. That's cute. I mean, I saw that happening. The second you bring a frying pan outside, like, she would have just, she would have just put them on a plate and then brought that outside unless you're, you never take a frying pan into a barn if you're not going to hit someone in the head with it. Rule of thumb. Okay, good to know. Yeah, advice from Mary Kwiatkowski. Anyway, so meanwhile, while all this is happening, which is just funny, uh, Jughead has gone to town to take some pictures because he doesn't care about deals he made to move hay bales. Um, and there's, there's lots of pictures of the G and G symbols everywhere. And, uh, then he finds a weird, creepy lady who is basically just giving him the exposition for everything we're going to need to know over the next several minutes. Um, and he, the best part of this conversation, which we don't really need to recap, we assume you watch the episode, but he's just eating a granola bar the whole time, like, while he's talking to her. I think they were like, oh, shoot, Jughead hasn't been to Pops in a while, we need to show him eating. He hasn't eaten in days, and he's walked so far. How do you like about that he doesn't seem to be at all sucked into the whole G&G thing anymore? Like, two episodes ago, he was like, Betty, I'm gonna ascend! And then this episode, he just is casually chatting with these girls, being like, Ha ha, good old, back in the day, I used to be a, a game maker. Like, you're, you're a dude. That was two days ago. See, I took that scene of him, like, seeing it and being, like, totally, like, he could have been drawn in at any time if he hadn't seen all the drugs and stuff. I feel like he would have been like, ugh. And then they're like, oh, what level are you? And he was like, oh, I was level three. Almost level four. Like, mm, I don't think that's impressive. Well, four does come after three. And after Friday, it's Saturday. And after Saturday, it's Sunday. And then comes Monday and then Tuesday. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> anyway, so these girls are snacking on some fizzle rocks. And I'm just, you know, I, I don't know what to assume anymore. Are all fizzle rocks drugs? Or just some of them? I, I, are, I don't know. He's like, oh, that candy I used to eat as a kid. Okay, let me just, let me just... Again, we're just going to sidetrack real quick. Their parents all played a G&G. Their parents all got high off fizzle rocks. So at that time when they were eating the fizzle rocks, were fizzle rocks all drugs? Or was Hiram like, oh, I found this new candy, but I put some, was it just implied? I don't know. But can you imagine getting really high off some kind of candy and then your kids grow up and then you just give them the candy and just hope there aren't any drugs in it? So I got the impression that Hiram was like, this is the new drug on the scene, Fizzle Rocks. And I was of the opinion that it wasn't a candy in Riverdale land slash this universe. Just makes it more confusing. Now, so I guess it's both now. And I don't know how you would distinguish. And I just, guys, check your candy. Make sure it's not open 
before you eat it. Like, just take care of yourselves out there, guys. It's a or f- just eat some Twizzlers. Kay. Grab a milk dud. Twizzlers are not that good. Wow. Like, they're fine, but is that really you the like- candy you're going to reach for? I don't know. Are you more of a Red Vines person? We don't have Red Vines here. I'm just not a huge licorice person. I They're not licorice. Well, yeah, but no one actually likes licorice. I have a bag of, like, gummy candy next to me. And then I have a ridiculous bag. Here, podcast. You can hear it. That's the noise of me bouncing a bag of uh, jelly beans. In case you're wondering. Yeah, so uh, for anyone who's just listening because we don't record the video, Mary is sitting here. Her hair is in very stylish braid. She's wearing a fantasy Costco sweater, which I've been told is from a D&D podcast. And she was holding up a bag of, uh, actually quite a large bag of jelly beans. And they looked like jelly bellies, which I know are not cheap. So that's probably like 7 or $8 worth of bulk jelly bellies. Or more. It probably. It probably was around that price. But see, I don't I don't like to get jelly beans unless I can pick out the flavors I like. So I have to wait until I, once in a blue moon I'll go to like an actual candy store and then I'll get just the flavors I like. So I'll get the toasted marshmallow, the buttered popcorn, strawberry cheesecake. It's just, it's a blend. I've learned so much about you today. Thanks. Glad I could paint a picture for all of you listening. So Jughead is talking with these girls and they're like, oh yeah, all of our, all of the men in town. This is making me feel even more like this is, oh, there's another island in Greek mythology, which let's be honest, I'm gaining all of this knowledge from Percy Jackson, the Olympians. We'll just cut the, cut the crap right now. But there's another island where there's some kind of sorceress and she like turns all the men into animals. So then there's only women around. And they're all very alluring. I think this is a thing. Let's go with that. So this was another thing that was reminding me of that. Because all of the the men and boys are off working on this prison. And the prison doubles as a drug lab. Yeah, that was like, I think, the big story of the episode, truly. Is that Hiram is not just going to profit on the prison industrial complex in the United States of America. But uh, he's also going to make drugs there. So that he can, I guess, create criminals to be incarcerated in the prison to then make more drugs. And I assume he's creating drugs there because his original plan was to create drugs in the White Worm, but then that was crushed, like, instantly by Cheryl and Tony and Veronica? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Okay. Um, All of these people say that daddy, their daddies work for also stop with the daddy yeah, i was gonna say this episode had the word daddy way too many times the only yeah. daddy in riverdale is fp yes <laughs> and sheriff keller no so, <laughs> so all the daddies work for the man in black um i just kept thinking about the princess bride during this again uh and now this whole Okay, so the whole prison drug lab thing. First off, thanks for mentioning the prison. It's been a while. We were worried that Hiram and Hermione had lost sight of their endgame. But no, it's been there all along. So here's the real question. Did Hiram bring back this G&G thing just to kind of, like, distract everybody while he can go make this prison? And, like somehow also get everyone high at the same time i'm a little confused of what his long-term goal is but now i'm I'm starting to think for the first time 
that all of the Gargoyle King stuff is not magical like I thought it was. I, I mean, I thought it was kind of mystical and I thought it was something outside of Hiram. And that's why I didn't believe that he would be connected because I thought that he wouldn't stoop to that level. Or I don't know, it just seemed weird with like stark businessman and then like creepy game. But tying it in with the Fizzle Rocks and how we know that Hiram as a child gave Fizzle Rocks to people when they were playing the game... It's making me think that, like, maybe this is all connected and that he's just got a lot of people working for him dressed up like creepy twig monsters. I don't know. I think that's a good point. I think it is definitely possible, and I really hope that that's the case, but I don't know that I have faith in the writers, producers, creators of Riverdale to not make some sort of weird supernatural element to it, so I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess the problem is, if the ending of this story is just, yeah, Hiram was behind it all, the part I don't buy is, like, so somehow he got Ben and Dilton to kill themselves? Like, that's that's the line where it seems like there has to be something a little more. Like, maybe he's just sort of going along with the G&G stuff because it's convenient distraction, but, like, that actually is... A separate thing. Well, like, of. he obviously didn't invent G&G because he was playing it as a teenager, right? So it might be that he's just experienced how addicting and how much it draws you in. And then he realized, okay, well, this would be a really great tool to use to distract the town of Riverdale from the true evil, which is me. Now, look, I'll fully admit, I was kind of unhealthily addicted to Harry Potter when I was growing up. Like, I used to un... <laughs> used to. Let's, let's be honest, I'm still a little addicted. But I used to listen to the audiobooks just on a loop over and over and over. And when if I would stop for a couple weeks, I would I would literally feel withdrawal. Like I would feel, I don't know, nervous and out of place and like I wasn't right. And I eventually got over that. But I, I can understand being addicted to a game or a book or whatever and getting really sucked into it and feeling emotionally attached. But not to the extent where you all of a sudden start, you know, having sane people randomly believe that, you know, gargoyles are real and that they need to kill themselves to ascend. Like, that's the leap that I don't get. And I really hope the answer is not just, oh, no, this is just like normally, you know, addicted to a game. Yeah, I I hope they make a distinction between this and like other games, because obviously there's like tons of games you can play and it's healthy and you're not totally sucked in and ignoring your real life and willing to kill yourself over it like man i'm not sure what the message here is but well i mean maybe there's not a message is there a message is the question yeah um i like to read into the fact that i just want this to be boy meets world and it's not wow we should have started a boy meets world podcast you know i'm down uh tweet at us if you'd be interested in that (laughs) I'm I'm okay with it. That would be a weird podcast, but oh god, there's stuff to talk about. We'd have to do like three episodes at a time because there's just so many. I was about Boy Meets World. I was crying when I was listening to Robin and Keith and Nita podcast when it was pitched that they watched season three episode seven of Boy Meets World. And they were like, "Yeah, it's something about busting a janitor," and I literally was like, "Oh yeah," because the janitor was clocking wasn't clocking out and was leaving. I was clocking out later. I was time, That's actually a great episode. It was time theft, and I was like, I remember that. 
I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure that's also the episode where the phrase glistening like a pig comes from when um, they're doing like a news show and they're going to present this this article and Topanga is sweating and Sean's like, oh, you're sweating a lot. And she's like, I don't sweat. I glisten and he, glisten. And he says, well, you're glistening like a pig. That's my favorite. I love it. Say that all the time. Man, I love Boy Meets World. We should really talk about that. Jughead comes back to the barn and he discovers that Archie has been tied up and uh, hopefully he doesn't have like internal head bleeding. Let's assume he's got a thick skull and just took took the frying pan like a man. Well, he is thick, so. Yeah, yeah there's that. And like a Maybe sp- that's why he's not very smart. He's just been beat up a lot. He sees a black car drive up with Hiram in it. So I guess he is the man in black. This was our first actual confirmation I, of that. It was pretty obvious, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, And then there's like a little fight scene between Archie and Jughead where Archie's like, we need to stay here so we can kill him. This is our only chance. And I'm like, no, first off, not your only chance. Second off, what are you going to do? Shear him to death with these garden shears? Well, and here's the thing. Archie just got bested by a lady with a frying pan. You think Hiram Lodge (laughs) doesn't have a gun? Well, they already know that there's at least two guns that these girls have. So... That's just ridiculous. And then um, Jughead channels the audience, and he's like, yo, Archie, you can't just murder your girlfriend's father. Like, mm-hmm. not going to work out for you. No, not so, a good idea. And he's going to be like, but we were on a break. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> eight pages, front and back. The girls, we find out, want to exchange Archie for their brother and father, uh, Hiram's like, yeah, their debt will be paid, so I'm assuming at some point in the next couple episodes we're gonna figure out, like, what exactly, what kind of debt these people owe Hiram. I, I'm just gonna throw out my guess here, is I'm assuming Hiram got this entire town hooked on fizzle rocks so that they would then Ooh. owe him money for drugs so that they would have to work at the place, the prison. You know, that's a really good theory, so I think, I think that's possibly true. That is my theory. Also, I'm just imagining that fizzle rocks, like, were a candy- and then zero branding change. Now they're a drug. And somehow the corporation that makes Fizzle Rocks like, isn't noticing this. Fizzle Rocks is like, wow, we've been selling a lot more candy lately. It's crazy. Yeah, that'd be really weird. Anyway, they run away. And uh, as they're running through the field, uh, in my head, I just thought, au revoir, Shoshana. For those of you who understand that reference, you'll laugh. And for the rest of you... You'll probably also laugh. <laughs> because of my terrible accent, it's also possible. Um, and then uh, then they start to walk away again, and then Jughead's like, you know, he realizes he's a 16-year-old, and he goes, yeah, let's, uh, let's go see my mommy. She might help. He doesn't say mommy, but I give it, like, two seconds before someone starts calling someone mommy. No, I don't think they'll ever call anyone mommy. Um, that's the line for Riverdale. That's it. Okay. And that's, that's it for them this episode. Yeah, um, I'm kind of glad that it was a little fast pace. We resolved everything real quick, got some answers to some questions, had a nice little Smallville cameo, and, uh, and then we can move along. And it took 45 minutes to talk about it. You know what? <laughs> like, don't expect anything else from us. You should know by now, we're going to talk a lot, not about the most important thing, but just whatever happened first, and then we're going to kind of speed through the rest of the stuff. Anyways, so what was the next storyline, Mary? Well, this one I hypothesize will take us about five minutes to talk about. Because cool. 
I don't know. It's not that interesting. And it goes by super fast. Veronica and the casino. We get a tiny little Hermione sighting at the beginning of this when her, her, Veronica decides to leave and she's just going to move out. She's going to move to the speakeasy because it is so normal in this town for children to just be living in random buildings like the school or the projector booth. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And I, I half expected it to be like in all Riverdale fan fiction where the white worm, for whatever reason, has like apartments above it for the uh the i was gonna call them the slytherins what are they called the south side servants the south side <laughs> slytherins wow that would be a great jacket a great crossover someone designed that and i will print them off for myself i think you um, have to design it for you and maybe. me yeah but are if you, I wait, design are you it, a slytherin um i think realistically probably <laughs> no technically i'm a ravenclaw well, so. I'm technically a Slytherin, so you can make it for me. I will. Southside Slytherins. God bless. That's so good. This has probably been done, and we just think we're so clever. Um, well, maybe it's been done and we're so clever. Maybe. But there's not. There's not a little convenient apartment uh, in the back of the speakeasy, which, let's be honest, it's amazing that that speakeasy exists down there in the, like, TARDIS that is beneath Yeah, Pops. it's so bizarre how big that speakeasy is. Yeah, so instead she's just crashing on a bed. I assume there's a shower somewhere. I'm not going to read too much into this. I don't even know. She can Um, shower at school. Yeah, after 46 minutes of me analyzing this episode, now is the time when I've decided I'm not going to read into this stuff. Hermione is just like, okay, I guess you can leave, but, you know, I'm really surprised that this is not about Archie because everything with you is about Archie. And Veronica's like, it's not about Archie. But it kind of is about Archie when you really think about it. Everything's about Archie. Unfortunately. Um, Yeah. So I don't like the fact that the creepy portrait's still there. It just reminds people that you're a 15-year-old running a speakeasy, which is weird. And it also reminds people that you own an oil painting of yourself. I like the fact that we're pretty much just calling it the speakeasy now. Like, I know it has a name, but we've kind of... Even in the show, they very rarely mention the name, and when they do, it's pretty much just Veronica saying it. Yeah, because it's a terrible name, as we have discussed. We have. At length. (laughs) So there's, like, one group of people there in the middle of the day playing G&G, and this collection of people... At first, I thought it was, like, a family eating dinner, because the way they have the little, like, Game Master board thing set up kind of looked like a menu in front of them, so I thought that's what was happening. But then, at closer look, I'm like, no, this is just... An eclectic group of a cheerleader, a football player, and I think two Southside Serpents, which basically just screams like, see, we all get along now. All tensions of the past two seasons are gone. No more Southside versus Northside. Which, to be fair, I mean, there's not really a Southside anymore, so yeah, I guess They're that all makes just sense. one side now. So what surprised me about this is that Veronica and Reggie are sitting there and Veronica's like, we've been working day and night. Just to scrape by. And I'm like, why aren't you in school? Doesn't Reggie have football practice? The school doesn't exist anymore. Like, school's canceled Uh, forever? Are the teachers on strike? Yeah, let's go with that. A couple other interesting things. Veronica seems to be, so far, the only one who's just not affected by G&G at all. Not like Betty, who's also not, if like, sucked into the game. But, like, Betty cares about G&G a lot. Like, she wants to stop it. 
Whereas Veronica kind of is the only one who seems to be like a sane person. This is just a dumb board game. Like, why is everyone into it? Because she's cool. She's from the city. These people are all losers playing G&G. Though, to be fair, every scene we've seen with G&G, it's either zero or it's a hundred. It's either zero of just like people sitting around a table seeming to play a game. Or it's like they're murdering people or jumping out of windows. Now... Did this scene of G&G and Let's Speak Easy make you feel guilty about when you used to play board games at Panera? No. It brought back good memories. People should do that. Like you were just helping them barely scrape by. I mean, go and buy something there. Like, I was not bringing in outside food. I would still buy a loaf of bread, which was probably like three bucks. But whatever. I bought food. You're part of the problem. You know... There were not very many cool hangout spots for us teenagers at the time. And I was older than these kids. I was probably like 17 or 18. You're not making this any better. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Reggie wants to start a side hustle. Uh, and he calls it that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he says side hustle. And they're like, yeah, because we're not making enough money. No, duh. $5 mocktails was never going to work. Teens want corruption. They want alcohol. They want partying. I, like, you had one successful opening night, and we haven't even seen Josie since. Is she still in this show? I don't know. Nobody wants to pay $5 for a mocktail. I mean, we'll pay $5 for coffee, but, like... That's, like, a nice you... coffee. It's not, like, a crappy coffee. Well, and because people, you know, can be like, oh, I got my pumpkin spice latte. You're not gonna be like, oh, I got my Le Bon Nuit something. It's like, oh, yes, I got a Shirley Temple. Exactly. Shirley <laughs> Temples are great, though. Let's not harsh on the Shirley Temple vibe. But would you pay $5 for one? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Elio's back, and uh, he's his nickname is Mr. 21. No one under the age of 21 should have that name. That's just weird. No one I mean, I get... alive should have that name. <laughs> I get that it's not referring to alcohol, but it's still weird. Why um, wouldn't they call him Mr. Blackjack? Isn't that a better name? It's too close to the man in black. The Man in Blackjack. The Man in Blackjack, the title of this podcast. Um, side note, I like Elio a lot. He's a scammer, and I respect that. I like how he wasn't a scammer for all the other times we've seen him, and then now he is. Um, I just love how he's like a child of the mob. It's just so funny. The how I mean, not haha funny, but it's... It's ironic, I guess. Well, and I just love how obviously Veronica has been, like, sheltered enough from Hiram's criminal activities that she just assumes Elio's the same as me. He just wants to make an honest buck. It's maybe illegal, but honest. Um, like, this is fine. He's not going to do anything. He'll take 25% of the profits. Like, get out of here. You're all crime families. And then Hiram shows up to give her some good advice, uh, and and he's like, I don't understand why you went to Elio for advice instead of me. Like, dude, so many reasons she went to him instead of you. Like, so I'm not even going to bother. Listen to all the other episodes of our podcast. That's why. Kid, That's why she didn't go to you, because you're a horrible person. But to be fair, he gave her pretty good advice this episode. And it kind of won her back over. Yeah, I, I think so. So basically, what happens is she throws a casino night. Elio and all his friends show up. Somehow they're they're winning because they're cheating. And 
we see a little flashback scene like this is freaking Ocean's Eleven where she's like, this is how I did the did the whole trick. And how I did the whole trick was my dad told me to cheat against him. So it's not really that impressive what happens. No, her dad told her which dealer to hire. Yeah, which fun fact, the dealer's name, Johnny Goldwater. uh, John Goldwater is the CEO of Archie Comics. So so he's a big cheat. (laughs) No, I just think that that's. Just slipping his name in. It's fun. I would do it, too. If I was the CEO of something, I'd be popping my name in everywhere. I mean, clearly I like my name. I named the podcast after myself, so. I just love how you Google everything, and you have these answers just ready. I take a lot of notes. And in the very end of the episode, or the very end of the little Veronica segment, Pop has a little Frank talking to with Veronica where he says, you know, don't think I don't know about your little little casino thing that happened and she's like yo we need to make money and he's like yeah well remember sheriff Minetta who died last episode died did he die this episode went missing whatever he went missing he's dead um or they think he's dead but his body was decapitated with the hands cut off and immediately i'm thinking this sounds so familiar okay you look and i know you're gonna say it i'm just really excited that we both had the same thought Oh, I think we have different thoughts. So what were you going to say? No, you go first. Well, I was going to say there's a part in the Adventure Zone podcast, oh, the God. D&D podcast yeah. I listen to, where there's a person who gets their hands and head cut off. Um, what were you going to say? There's I can, I can never remember the name of the reality TV show. I think it was maybe I Love Money or something. It was a VH1 reality TV show. Anyways, wow, you expect so a much man killed the woman that from this reality tv show he cut off her head cut off her hands all that stuff and her body was only identified by the serial number on her breast implants and it's the craziest thing that's ever happened and i wait was, this is a true story? yes that really happened wow that's terrifying it's the craziest thing yeah no my thing was much funnier and lighter Sorry. I got really excited about real murder, so. I'm sorry. No, I don't know anything about real murders. Don't look at me for that kind of info. Uh, No. So, clearly, we're led to believe here one of two things. Hiram's a psychopath. Well, we already know that. He just was good at covering up his crimes. He didn't have to actually do it himself. Well, I think think more likely Mineta's not dead. I can't wait for Mineta to return from the dead. Well, he's not dead. Like, the reason you ha- you cut off someone's head in their hands is to disguise who they are. So they can't fingerprint them or get, like, teeth stuff. Dental records. Right. Teeth, teeth stuff. stuff. <laughs> so Pop is, like, lecturing Veronica, like, you don't want to be a criminal, blah, blah, blah. And she, like, literally quotes Hiram and is like, you know what? Maybe my dad's not so bad after all. So. No, he is. Honey, he is bad. <laughs> honey, he is bad he's terrible. All. Honey, no. Anyways, okay, now on to the Betty part. Right. Which also was, like, quick. How did you like the fact that throughout the Betty segment, there's just a lot of voiceover by her? I, I didn't like it. Um, I only want a voiceover if it's Jughead, and even then, I don't want too much of it, just at the start of an episode. It was a lot of voiceover. It was a lot of voiceover. Um, I don't want to watch someone taking, like, a rorschach test or whatever it's called especially when it's like not actually what it is because those were clearly just pictures of like a dead body and the gargoyle king well to be fair 
the gargoyle king, I understand. But the dead body one, I didn't even know what I was supposed to be looking at there. I it thought it was a gingerbread like, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like when you finger paint as a child and you like put some paint like in a couple little dabs in the center of a piece of paper and then you fold the piece of paper over and then open it and it's got like a cool little print, which I mean is probably what ink blots are made out of. I don't know. Anyway, so I can understand how that one was not supposed to be a dead body, but the um the black hood one. That's just ridiculous. Like, that, th- there's there's nothing else that could have been. I don't even know how she got butterfly or whatever she said she out of that. She just lied. And then when the Gargoyle King one, is that the one where she said the jungle gym at... Yeah. Yeah. What? Mm, no, that doesn't look like a jungle gym. I would have just been like, oh, it looks like a, a twig monster. Yeah, oh, it's or a, those, oh, it's a those pile of the twigs. <sighs> cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then she gets her little medical dosage of fizzle rock candy for good behavior it's and so throws in the trash. Gross. Everyone gets candy for good behavior. Okay, I'm sorry. If they were making you take the candy, they would have made you take it in front of them. There's no way you get to take that whole cup back to your room. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in all other movies and or TV shows, when they do this like line up and take your pills thing, you do it right there. Yeah, like, and right, then they like right chuck the under your tongue and stuff. Yeah. So, and of course, that's the least logical thing. Yeah, and so she throws it in the trash, and I thought there are so many better ways she could have disposed of this Toilet. than throwing it in the trash can in her own room. Toilet out a window. Like, even if she had just sort of threw them somewhere else in the building that's not her own room. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. And also, why wasn't there a bag in that garbage can? I, yeah, I don't know. That's just not like, That's going to be impossible to clean up later. It's full of fizzle right. rocks. Ethel shows up. Um... I don't know if we have heard this season that she was at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. We but didn't, but I think okay. you predicted it like three episodes ago. Well, good for me if I predicted Or that. one of us did. I feel like one of us predicted this. <laughs> it's very possible because she was just sort of gone. So, okay. Um. Anyway, so Ethel's there and Ethel has a warrior board, um, which is basically just a bunch of pictures with hearts and Ethel kissing a gargoyle, which like... I get, but the Gargoyle King looks nothing like a gargoyle, so I don't know. Here's the thing about Ethel. She just wants a powerful man. Yeah, which like, I see it. Same. Just right. kidding. <laughs> they have a weird little thing about Jughead. Um, I can't tell if Betty is just completely secure or if she is a little bit annoyed because she does. I do think that Ethel would tell Jughead what was going on with the Gargoyle King yep. if he was there. Um, and Ethel's like, yeah, we got hot and heavy in the bang bunker. The banker. Um, the banker. And canon. Hashtag canon. Hashtag canon. Um, and, uh, and then Ethel's like, I'm the queen bee, and you should eat the candy because it's super delicious. And so she's working outside, and she sees the blossom maple syrup truck shows up with, uh, Claudius in it. Totally forgot about him. He steps out, and I'm like, holy crap! What's his name is back from the dead? No, sorry. This already happened in season two. I just forgot. It's a, it's a twin. Right. And this is when the voiceover happened that was a little bit too much for me, where she just said, bite me in voiceover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, and she's just like, I don't understand. Hiram is here, and, and so is the drug truck. How is this all connected? And I'm like, dude, honey. Like, that, that's you, it. You, you know that the fizzle rot, like, what more do you need? Like, of course, I... Yeah, he's drugging you guys. I don't... There's no mystery here. Um, also, everyone's calling him the Man in Black again. Shouldn't Ethel know who Hiram Lodge is? 
Well, and... Like, she's been to their house. But here's the thing. Maybe Man in Black is, like, his Griffins and Gargoyles name. Oh, I like that. Because everything's named after colors, like the Red Paladin. Like the Arcane Invoker. And the Hell Screamers. What were they called? That sounds sexual. No. (laughs) Hellcats? No, what are they called? Oh, my God. Um, It's Hell something. Hellcasters? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, Hellcasters. That sounds right. I don't think that's right either, though. It's whatever Jughead said he was going to be when he was playing. I don't know. This is so, so Anyways, not it, it's not a Hellcat, so we can move on. <laughs> anyway, so Betty goes to the Gargoyle King Chamber, which, like, obviously is the big gothic door with the cross on it. Like, what else would be behind there? Ethel comes running down the hall because she's speedy quick. And Betty lies, and Ethel either believes her or doesn't. No one knows or Ethel cares. Ethel does not believe her. <laughs> yeah. Betty's a terrible liar. Like, she's quick to come up with something, but it's not a good lie. No. She is, um, however, a great actress. Yes. I stan Lily Reinhardt. So, Ethel wants her to play Griffins and Gargoyles, because at some point down the line, Betty, her goal is to get into the infirmary, which, like, I don't know why. I think it's just to see her She file. wanted to see what's inside her file. But I'm not sure why she thinks her file's in the infirmary all the time, because, like, it's also on the desk when they get the pill. I don't know. Maybe she just knows that's where it is. Um, and so she brings up the kiss again, and I thought this was going to be, like, she was going to try to get Ethel to punch her. Yeah, that's what I really thought was happening. And then she was going to go to the infirmary, but instead she just pretends to have a seizure. This is when she calls her Ethhead, by the way. Yeah. Because Ethel's like, me and Jughead, we're going to be a ship, and I knew that you were going to die. So I, I and I funny. literally did your speaking to my ghost now because I yeah. passed away. Sorry, Kirsten is dead. So on the list of ship names, where does Ethhead or Ethelhead or whatever it is, where does that rank? Here's the thing. Ethhead rhymes with methhead and therefore it's at the top of my rankings. I don't ship it. Is it Ethelhead? I think she said Ethelhead, which is really annoying, but to me it will be Ethhead. Okay. Forever. So Ethhead which I'm 99% sure we already brought up back when they kissed. It's possible. I'm pretty sure we, in that episode, we came up with Ethhead and we had this same conversation. Regardless, is that better or worse than Phallus? Better. Oh, okay. But I still hate, th- I hate it, but it's better. Well, but we're, we're getting there. We've made some progress. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, what about Laurel and Archie? What is that? Larchie? Or Laurie, Laurie and Archie? Aurel? Yeah. Oral? Oral? <laughs> no, no. We're going to go with Larchie. Anyway, so she pretends to have a seizure. She goes to the infirmary and she oversees people being like, we need to reevaluate her dosage as soon as possible. She gets into the medical cabinet because she's really good with a paper clip. Paper clips, bobby pins. Betty can break into anything. Yeah, and she finds her file where it says that she is on two doses of Bulio Lapis. What does that so, mean? Yeah, I'm going to Google it now because I forgot to look it up earlier. Wow, I can't believe you forgot to Google something. Okay, so, fun fact. When you Google search Boolean Lapis, the only thing that comes up is something called a short Boolean dash Lapis, which is a cravat. Um, oh. So, no, I have no clue what it is. I think it's made up for Riverdale. She tries to escape through the basement door that we saw back in season two when Cheryl escaped. And obviously it's not going to work. Like, I just thought it was going to be locked because, like... Like, they, they learned just, their lesson because they just yeah. lost a girl that way? Yeah. 
Right. Instead, it's a little more, um, it's a little more scary. There's just a wall built right behind the door, which reminds me of, like, something you'd find in an escape room. So, that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it was really cool until they restrained her. Right. So, they restrained her and they forced fizzle rocks down her throat. Which, like, okay, here's the thing. Are the fizzle rocks themselves the drug or are they laced with the drug? Because if they're laced with a drug... Why aren't you just giving them the drug straight up? Why are you making them eat candy? I think, number one, it probably tastes good. And, uh, I mean, according to Ethel, it's seriously delicious. Yeah, but when you're, like, tricking everyone, being like, yeah, everyone gets two doses of candy a day, sure, give them the fizzle rocks. When you're forcing it, get get something in a needle. Inject that shit right into their veins. Maybe they only have it in this form. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a practical way to force someone to do drugs. I... We gotta just move past it, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. And then, meanwhile, while this is happening, Ethel, who is just straight up in the dark side, is chanting. Would you like to do the chant, or would you like me to do it? I would really prefer you do the chant. Okay. I don't think chant's the right word. Poem? Like, pr- prayer? Like, prayer? Prayer? It's I don't really know what it is. It's freaking creepy. Anyway, she says, My king, my savior, guide me through the night. Bless me with your darkness. Gift me with your flight. Oh, that's even worse. Um, right. Here's the I kind of think we should just open every episode with that. I'm not willing to do that. Um, <laughs> it just reminds me of the rest. You don't edit this podcast. I can slip it in if I want well, to. Well, if I never say it, then you can put it in, but it's just you. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of the, like, red priests and priestesses in A Song of Ice and Fire. It does. It would remind me more of that if the word was actually light. light yeah, and which not is what flight. I thought it was, not flight. Like, I'm sorry, is the gargoyle king giving them the ability to fly? Well, that's why they wanted to jump out the window, probably. So, are they. Mm, I'm just. This whole thing's very confusing, and I'm gonna need some more explanation. Do yeah. they think they can fly because they're on drugs? Well, they're ascending. Maybe. I mean. It's cyanide's not exactly a drug. Well, yeah, no, but, like, when they're on, like, the fizzle rocks, is it, like, acid where you, like, think you can fly? Yeah, we didn't really see any reactions to the fizzle rocks. Yeah, we just saw people eating them, and I was like, okay, well, are those ones candy or are those ones drugs? I don't know. I don't know. So, she's taken to the king... The gargoyle king, and we hear her scream, so he must be scary. It's a really scary you know, red room. I was kind of like the red room of pain. No, we're not going to go there. We're going to move along. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> so she's taken to the king, and I was really half expecting it to be like, her to be like, dad? I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, her dad's still alive, right? It could be anyone's dad. I mean, let's face it. It's probably a dad. When is yes. Fred Andrews going to become a murderer? I don't know. I'd like him a lot better, actually, if he was a murderer, probably. Who would we want to be the Gargoyle King? Like, let's just assume Man in Black is not the same as Gargoyle King. Like, Hiram, yes, he's connected, but he's not. Who do you think could be... Okay, well, I already know. You said that you think it's Edgar Evernever, right? Um, I do think that it is Edgar Evernever. I wish that it was Papa Poutine. Oh, my God. He's dead, too, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> Did we... Was he decapitated and his hands cut off? We is it know. Minetta? Minetta could be the No, Minetta's a minion. He's not a king of anything. You know who would be fun to be the Gargoyle King, though? Archie. Would be uh, (laughs) Hermione Lodge, because she needs something to do. That would be really fun. Or maybe this was 
FP's job the entire time and he's actually been getting paid. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but I want to keep Jughead away from it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I could believe it. I, I could believe uh, anything from this show. I tried to think think of something really clever off the top of my head where, like, FP could stand for something having to do with Gargoyle King. So tweet me with your ideas. I was going to say Fierce Paladin. Oh. The Fierce Paladin. Yeah. Possible. They love paladins in Riverdale. We didn't hear the Paladin song, though, again. I, so. And I'm so glad for it. So th- we have, like, one tiny little scene at the end of the episode where Betty is taking the ink blot test again. She says all of the correct responses. And then she sees a really, this is probably the most terrifying image of the Gargoyle King we've had so far. It, this one or the one where he was in the hospital with Ethel. I think it's something to do with the light background and you just don't expect to see him there. Yep. No, this was definitely the spookiest one, and it was also weird just to see Betty with, like, a vacant look in her eyes was just very unsettling. And then she she does the, uh, she does the little, the little prayer thing, which I'm not gonna do again. So, just rewind about five minutes and you'll hear it. Don't worry, it'll be at the start Uh, of every episode moving forward. (laughs) You just wait, I'm gonna edit it in. Um, maybe for the next one. So, now I would like to discuss... A new segment I have decided to call questions that weren't answered from the last episode. Okay, but how are we supposed... (laughs) That's a whole other podcast for two hours. (laughs) Well, mostly I would just like to talk about where's Alice? What happened with the whole Gargoyle King being in our house? Why was there a gravestone of Daryl? Yeah, is there still a dead body on the bed? Like a skeleton? Why was FP acting so creepy last episode? I mean, there's a lot... We didn't get any parents besides Hiram in this episode really and that bothers me I have so many unanswered questions here's the why it bothers me there's only one more episode between between for the for this chunk of the season before the mid-season break and like unless they're going to answer all these I have no faith that after winter break they're going to come back and answer them it's going to be like the whole phallus situation all over again where we just don't have any answers yeah that's exactly what it's going to be like that's it so I'm bummed um (laughs) Someone point me in the direction of a fan fiction that will just give me answers because they don't need to be real. You know what, Mary? They just need to be answers. You need to write the fan fiction you want to see in this world. <laughs> well, with that heavy sigh, do you have anything else to add? No, I think we're I think we're done here. Okay. You know, I really tried to make it nice. Oh wait. Sorry, do we have um, a realist person of the episode? (laughs) Oh, thank you for reminding me of our other segment that we added recently. Because yes, once again, there was no close but no cigar. They did mention the five seasons, but I'm not counting that. And there were a lot of Fizzler Rocks. We already got it. So can't add that. Um, Most normal person of the week. Well, let's see. Who's in contention? Hmm. Um, It's not Gracie. It's not Lori Lake. Uh, It's not those girls. Maybe Pop? Yo, it's probably Pop. Pop might be the normal person of the show. I would give it to Reggie, except his pants, his checkered pants at casino night were too much. Okay, so. but also Reggie's still the hottest one on this show. So what? So hot people don't get to win this prize? <laughs> well, he's too hot to be real. Okay. I, I think we can give it to Pop, but I think the rule needs to be we can't just, like, give it to Pop every week that he's on the show, so. Yeah, no, Pop is definitely just, like, the real person of the show, and right. in this episode, it happened to be the only real person in the episode. Yes. He did have some sage advice, so I think I think Pop's I think Pop's a good choice. 
good choice. Yes. I'm so good at picking out the realist person. Yeah. And remember, if you disagree with us, please let us know. We will take your opinion into consideration, uh, especially for next week. And you can also, since we also typically record these on Thursdays or Fridays, if you watch the show on Wednesday and would like to give us any suggestions for the realist person ahead of time, I will look at those before recording. Yeah, or ask us some questions. Yeah, feel free to ask us some questions. Feel free to go onto iTunes and give us some ratings and reviews. Only five stars, please. We don't accept ratings lower than five stars. You know, I may even just start accepting anything just to see if if we're talking into the void or not. No, Mary, I'm telling you right now, we are not accepting any (laughs) star ratings lower than five stars. You can write the meanest thing you can think of in the actual description, but if you put less than five stars in that iTunes box, I'm blocking you on Twitter. And from this podcast, you can't listen anymore. How are you going to find their Twitter? (laughs) I'm going to get Betty and Jughead to sleuth it out for me. Okay, good to know. (laughs) Anyway, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week for a recap of episode eight, which will be the last episode in this chunk of season three. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And if you are interested, you can check out the Revenge Rewatch podcast. And since my sister is wrapping up her classes for winter break, because she gets like an actual winter break, whereas I don't, then I'm sure we will record at least, at least one, let's set a low bar, at least one episode of the Revenge Rewatch podcast. And you can check that out on KowskiCast.com. And that's cow with a K. Kirsten, what would you like to plug? Uh, just my social media at Kirsten said what on every platform. Uh, yeah, check it out. You tell me if you think I'm wrong. You can send me less than five star tweets. You just can only send five star iTunes reviews. Wait, you're Kirsten said what on every platform as well? Wow. See, look at us. We're so good at marketing. Branding bra- is important. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's very important. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Archie just got bested by a lady with a frying pan.